Have you ever had to deal with somebody who says things or does things that are really inappropriate, that maybe are sexual or sexist in nature, and they just kind of give you that big ick feeling when you're around this person? I absolutely have been in this position. The woman who sent in this question for today's Q&A episode is in this situation right now. And I thought that this is a really important topic for us to get into because even though this is some heavy stuff at looking at how do we take care of ourselves with somebody that almost seems to even enjoy pushing past our boundaries, but also how do we navigate this space when We're like, is this sexual harassment? Is this not sexual harassment? Am I making too big a deal about this? Am I overreacting? And how do we protect ourselves when we are in these interactions and in these kind of situations? So I know that might be a big topic today. So if that feels a little bit too big for you today, for whatever reason, or a little bit too triggering, feel free just to skip this episode and come back to it maybe another day if you're in a different place. But I want to invite you into this space if this feels good for you so that we can start to kind of sift through and unpack the self-attack, the self-criticism, and the self-blame that we often put on our own shoulders when we're dealing with somebody else who is causing the problem and doing things that are not okay. So this is going to relate to issues when somebody is crossing your boundaries in a sexist or sexual way. But this is also just applies to so many other situations as well. Those times when we're engaging with somebody who almost seems to like making us uncomfortable, who almost seems to enjoy pushing our buttons and pushing our boundaries. So if that feels useful, today's episode is for you. You are listening to Bold as Love. I'm your host, April Boyd. Thank you for being a part of this conversation with me today. And I'm a psychotherapist and coach and breathwork facilitator. And I'd like to remind you that none of this work is intended to replace individual therapy or specialized mental health support that you might be needing. And if this is triggering for you, feel free to reach out to get a little bit of extra support, either by reaching out to me or reaching out to your care provider or healthcare provider, because this stuff can, you know, this healing stuff, this growing stuff kind of conversation can bring up a lot for us. And so this is not intended to replace any of that. And obviously when I'm doing these kind of Q&A episodes, I don't have all the details of what's going on with somebody. So it's not exactly intended to be advice. This is intended to just be some thoughts to consider, some ideas to consider, and some possible tools to make navigating these spaces a bit easier. But please filter it through your own wisdom, your own gut instincts. You are the one that knows your situation best. So take the parts of this that feel useful and apply to you and feel free just to set aside the parts that don't. So this woman sent in this question. Thank you so much for sending this in. This is a big topic and my heart goes out to you for having to even deal with this. It's awful. So this woman writes, and I have for permission to share this. So the woman writes, I've been trying to work on my boundary setting. I learned a lot in the video workshop I attended with you and I've been listening to your podcasts. 
Thank you so much. I will share a link to that boundary setting workshop in the show notes for anybody else that would like to experience that. You can check out the replay. And I was just going to tell you a few things that have been coming up for me lately and maybe get your thoughts on this for a podcast. So I teach at a college and I have an older 50-year-old white male cis hetero student who's been making many female students and myself feel uncomfortable all semester. Other than that general icky feeling I get from him, he's also said things to me that are not appropriate. As an example, uh, he said, asked me an inappropriate question one day. I'm just going to skip over the details of that for confidentiality. And then the next day followed that up with, this might be unsuitable, but you're very attractive. To which the woman replied, that is not suitable. Quit while you're ahead. When he said something else that was appropriate to her the one day, asked her an appropriate question, she said, I'm not going to discuss that. So this is what she's wondering about. She said, so just so you know, I'm talking to my therapist about this and I've made an official report at the college where I work and security is also around my classroom. So I'm taking care of my own safety and hopefully dealing with this issue. Kudos to you. Well done. Well done. Let's just take a moment to acknowledge like the massive amount of work and strength it takes to be able to act on this and take this seriously and good for you because this is a serious situation. She she says, continues to write, so the bad part is, I think the only reason I made an actual report is because I know he's made several of the young women in my class feel uncomfortable, and I feel like I needed to step up for them. And as I've been reflecting, I've realized that I have this ingrained belief that I have to be a good, nice girl, and that this belief is keeping me from standing up for myself and setting proper boundaries. I think you also mentioned this in a podcast episode. Um, Yeah. So then she says, I also often just smile or laugh when somebody says something that makes me feel uncomfortable. And I and some of my students keep questioning ourselves and wondering if we're making just too big a deal out of this guy's behavior. So I'm also wondering how I've contributed to the situation. Something about me and my actions has led him to believe that he can treat me like this. So again, thank you for sharing this to me. And there's so much that stands out to me in this about what you were doing amazingly well. I absolutely love that you have taken this step to make an actual complaint and report on this as this act of protection for the other women. Because this is often what kind of tips the scales for us, right? Where we can often kind of be in this place of saying, you know what, I'm not okay with this for my own self, but I absolutely feel a need to protect, especially these other younger women that I'm responsible for. Good for you. And this question of, you know, I'm wondering what I did to contribute to this situation. Something about me and my actions has led him to believe he can treat me like this. So I just really want to say that I don't believe that this has anything to do with you. I think that sometimes people are the way that they are because they are the way that they are. And I don't believe that anything about you or your actions has made him believe he can treat you like this. I think he just feels like he has the right to. 
And even though absolutely this is not all white men, this is not all white heterosis men, but there has historically been absolute permission for men to say and do whatever they want. And this is not okay. This is absolutely not okay. And what concerns me, one of the many red flags that I see in this guy's behavior is, you know, when you describe this idea that he says something inappropriate to you, asks you an inappropriate question, you put that in check by saying, I'm not going to discuss that with you. And then he instantly pushes back again. This might be unsuitable, but I find you very attractive. Wow. Wow. So here's the thing. Our gut instincts are so important and valuable, right? And when we're looking at these red flags, I think it's a really big deal when we set a boundary with somebody and they continue, they respond by pushing back even harder. And when we have a male-female dynamic like this, we can kind of dial that up by 10 to say, this is not okay. He should know better, right? And And when we have a sexual nature to these questions, we can dial it up by a hundred. Absolutely not okay, (laughs) right? And it makes me think of, you know, this one time I've had so many times of, you know, as a woman moving through this world where I've had to deal with similar situations. But one of the ones that comes to mind was I remember walking my dog one night and I'm walking my dog on the street. It's like, I don't know, 8 p.m. or something. So it's already dark by now. And this car, I see this car go around the block and then he comes back again and he slows down and rolls down his window beside me. And he says, hey, how old is your dog? And I look at him and I make eye contact and I keep my face very stern, very flat. And I look at him and I say, keep moving. And he goes, what? No, I just, I was just asking about your dog. And I look at him again. I make eye contact. I keep my face very stern and I go, keep moving. And after I had this moment of realization that a normal guy doesn't do that. A normal, healthy, non-threatening man knows better than to stop a woman on a dark street when she's alone and ask an inconsequential question about her pet, (laughs) Right? right? It's ridiculous. And yet I still had a moment of having to check in with myself. Was that off? Or was I, did I respond too harshly? And it was off. It was off. So I want to invite you to just, if you're listening to this, just consider the idea of noticing how your nervous system responds to people and situations. Noticing that flash of information that your gut gives you or that your body gives you when somebody is crossing your boundaries or engaging with you in a way that is threatening or inappropriate or not okay. Because often our bodies respond to things before our conscious mind can even make sense of it. So in that moment, my body instantly had responded with, my system had instantly responded with, this is not okay. 
He needs to back off. And and there's always that piece after, right, where we kind of replay it and we look at the things we wish we had done. So, for instance, one of the things I kind of wish I had done was gone to the police station, thought to get his um, license plate number, maybe took a picture of his license plate. I don't know if I had even had my phone at the time or not. But I wish that I had gone and made that complaint because what if there was other women, younger women, more vulnerable women, whatever that was, that he was also doing this to or at risk of doing this to. So this painful place that we get into, we are so used to putting the focus on our own self to say, somehow I'm overreacting or somehow I'm part of the problem. And I think that comes from a few different places. I think we all, but particularly women, we've been socialized to be the okay maker. If you're one of the women who was in my group, uh, the Boldest Love Collective group, and you were the one that offered this term, I thank you for it because it's such a great phrase. We're conditioned to be the okay maker, the one that has to smooth it over, the one that has to take one for the team, the one that has to pretend that things are fine when it's not. And there's nothing about this situation that sounds fine or okay. Super concerning for me when we set a boundary with somebody and they push back harder by even dialing up the ante and now talking about your attractiveness, your physical attractiveness, despite the fact that you're giving him no's, right? This is not suitable. Quit while you're ahead. That's a no. That's a back off. And so when we're dealing with somebody that you know, is in this, I think we have to kind of notice that it's going to be uncomfortable because it's an uncomfortable situation and it's going to feel like a problem, but because it is a problem, but notice that it can feel like a problem without blaming our own self for the idea that I created this problem. Often we've been socialized to take so much responsibility for what is happening in the room, for what is happening in our interactions, that we can kind of claim the problem. A problem exists. It must be that I kind of did something. And this is what I see us navigating all the time when we're talking about boundary setting in any kind of situation. There's such icky guilt that kind of happens because we wear the problem. And I've talked to so many people that are like, ah, you know what? I don't want to risk a conflict. I don't want to risk an issue. I don't want to risk a problem. And I'm like, you're already in a conflict. You're already in a problem. You didn't create it, but you're already living in a problem that they created for you. So an invitation here to just look at giving back, returning to sender, the responsibility for the mess that somebody else is making. And the other thing that I think, you know, needs to be addressed of, you know, why this happens to us, we actually live in a victim-blaming culture. We live in a culture where when something bad happens, we tend to ask, you know, but what did you do to contribute to that? Or what did you not do that maybe could have prevented that? 
right? Which is why we kind of get into that whole thing of like, what was she wearing? And I've worked with women um, who have had those examples where the blame was put on them because of how they were dressed or how they were perceived to be acting. And then when something bad happens, it's put back on, well, you know, it's kind of just neutralized that this is just the guy, it's not the guy's fault. And that is wildly not okay. So we end up in this culture where it almost becomes easier. And I've experienced this my own self in different settings where something is happening that is not okay or something has happened that is a problem. And I've spoken up about that problem. And the message that I've gotten back in that culture or in that environment is just kind of let it go. Just let it go. And I recognize that it's not because of what the person did is okay. It's because it's actually easier to quiet me, to try to quiet the victim of the bad thing that's happening, to quiet the person being affected. I don't even really like that word victim, but to quiet the person who's speaking up and being affected by this, then it is to go through the complicated, difficult task of figuring out how we handle this as an organization or how we handle this as a leader or how we handle this as a bystander who's a part of this situation, whether they want to be or not. And so it becomes almost easier. And I can think of like a million examples of this where when something bad happens, we kind of go, just keep it quiet. Just stop talking about it. Just let it go. And then we're essentially being victimized twice, right? We're essentially getting kicked twice. Once by the bad thing that happened and once by this culture that kind of says, that puts the problem on us. The problem isn't that this thing happened. Yeah, that's not good. But the next problem is that you keep talking about it. So please just stop talking about it. Really crappy, right? Really awful. So this is why I think it is such a huge, powerful thing when you do take that breath and say, I'm going to set a limit here, or I'm going to make a report, or I'm going to take action, or whatever that is. And I don't think, I just want to kind of also caveat this to say, there's times when the right thing is making the report or making the police complaint, or whatever that is. And there's times where maybe that's not the right thing for you, for whatever reason. Both of these things can be okay. This stuff is complicated. It's messy. And I don't believe that there's a one-size-fits-all, that we should always make the report, or we should never make the report. There's times when we have to just work with the information that we have, and the energy and resources that we have available to even help us through that process. So permission, if you find yourself thinking about, ah, this time in the past, that maybe I should have taken this more seriously, or, you know, I'm in a situation and I could be moving it forward in a more official way, but I don't feel okay to do that. There is no right or wrong answers here. There's just the question of what helps you to be more okay in a situation that's not okay. That's the only piece. And is there somebody else that you need to help protect in that? Right? Those are the only pieces. You have full right 
to move through your situation in a way that makes your life easier, safer, and feels good. Nobody else can tell you what the right course of action is or is not for that. So an invitation to just take back your own power, even in that, even if you're thinking back on a situation where you're like, I wish I had done that differently. You made the best decision you could at the time. I can think of so many moments where I'm like, oh, wish I had a spoke up more, wish I had been more firm, wish I had been able to catch my breath a little bit more in that moment. And, you know, part of the reason why it feels so uncomfortable is because our bodies trigger this threat response. There are so many times when I wish I had said something, but my system froze up and I wasn't able to access the words, right? And, and there's so many layers that create that for us that make speaking up really hard to do. So if you're navigating this kind of situation, just recognize that there's going to be, it's never going to feel perfect. It's never going to quite feel good enough. And it's kind of just, what's the best I can do in this moment? What's the best I can do in this moment? And so some of the things that I love that this woman is doing is she's making really clear statements. Even if she's smiling, even if she's laughing, this is not suitable. Quit while you're ahead. That's a no. That is a no. And I love, you know, there's an example. There's this post I saw like ages ago. I think it was like actually a sticker in a workplace I worked in one time. And they had it up on one of the uh, cork boards. And it was basically just like oh, this whole list of all the things that mean no, right? Turning away means no. Shaking your head means no. Telling them to fuck off means no, right? Like there's so many things that mean no. It doesn't always have to be the big, we're never going to get it perfect. So the problem is not that we need to get perfect at crafting the exact right no, the exact right boundary. There's times when we just have to recognize that somebody else is not willing or able to recognize that. And when you have somebody that's pushing your boundaries in this way, it, it's a big concern, right? Because it, it looks like there's clearly a level of they're not willing to take no for an answer. In fact, it actually makes them push back more. So I love that you're getting yourself extra support for this. I love that you're taking it to another level of taking it more seriously and making sure that you and your class are supported. So take that blame off of your own self and notice, you know, even when we're just talking about boundaries in general, this is the work of a lifetime. I have been studying this, reading this stuff, having conversations about this stuff, honestly, for probably 20 years now. And there's times when I still miss the mark. <laughs> there's times when I still fall into that freeze reflex. There's times when I walk away and I'm like, Ugh, I don't know that I handled that in the best way that I could have. This stuff is a work in progress. We are always learning. We are always growing. And the landscape is always changing in front of us, which is why, you know, it can't just be a one size formula of here's how you set a boundary and here's how you say no. It has to just be, as this person has mentioned, starting to get it into our bones that one, we even have the right to do that, that it's safe to trust our own instincts 
if something feels off, it probably is. And to start to look at this idea that I deserve to be treated well. I deserve to be comfortable. I don't deserve to be treated like this. This guy's issue has nothing to do with me. This guy's issue has nothing to do with you. We cannot take responsibility for all of the creeps in the world. Where would that leave us? <laughs> right? This is, and it's helpful sometimes to think about, you know, what would you be telling your friend? I think this is such a truth finding question instantly. If this was my friend in this situation, would I be judging her? Would I be thinking that somehow she had caused this guy's behavior? No, not at all. So permission to just be compassionate to yourself and recognize that this is such an uphill battle that you're moving through. It's going to rattle your system. It's going to take a bit of a toll. It's going to be a bit exhausting. And you have the right to not be treated like this. So I hope that is helpful. Feel free to reach out for, out to me. If any of this kind of stands out to you, or if you're feeling a bit rattled by this, feel free to connect. I'm at at with love April on Instagram. I know that this stuff can feel heavy. So give yourself some space to maybe go for a walk or just change gears or journal things out if this is feeling like it's activating stuff for you. But the most basic level, let's stop wearing other people's crap. Let's stop taking responsibility for all of the creeps and the abusers in the world. Not your stuff. Not your stuff. So thank you for listening. And if you have a question that you would love for me to talk about, send that to me. Let me know. And it could be the future episode of the podcast. And I'm putting the link to the boundary setting workshop in the show notes. And a thank you to everyone who attended our last breathwork session last Sunday. I love that time with you. And our next breathwork session is going to be April 21st. That's a Thursday at 10 a.m. Toronto time. So hit me up and let me know if you would like to come. Take care.